Hi, this is Rudy Sarzo, and this is Vicky Abelson's The Road Taken. To thyself be true in Zina Facebook live land. Hey, Louise, say hi to Louise Polanco, please. Greetings. Thanks for having me. I forgot to say that I'm Vicki Abelson. Hello. <gasps> yeah, I didn't introduce myself. Hi, that's I'm Vicki. I like when everybody goes, That's hi, a helpful Vicky. reminder. Oh, hi, Vicki. Yeah, because that tells you where I'm from. And um, I would like to say a hello to our producer, Brant Thoman. Hi, Brant. Brant Thoman. And our... Associate producer Jake Belcher. Jake Hello, Belcher. Jake. Yay. <laughs> okay. And okay, so you might notice or you might not out there that um, I have a brand spanking new Porsche of Mac book pro th sitting here in front of me nice and um, and there's a story that goes with it and um, uh, that has a happy ending and I, I like happy endings mm -hmm. of all kinds mm -hmm. and um, but anyway so uh, as I shared on here I think maybe I don't know if I did my computer died a horrible death the the, the logic board it, I had been through it had to be put down it had to be <laughs> it had to be well this guy at the Apple store decided it had to be put down. I was I, I was willing to give it the surgery and, and repair it No again. one wanted to see it suffer. No one wanted to see it suffer. And it's been through many operations, as they say, because it was a rare, a very rare, imperfect Apple, which it does not happen often because it's a pretty great company with great products. So anyway... Um, uh, I wasn't dealt with really particularly well by this one guy at Apple because one bad apple can spoil the whole bunch. Sorry. So I wrote to Tim Cook. I wrote to Tim Cook right before our show last week. And during the broadcast last week, unbeknownst to me, my phone was vibrating and making me very happy between my legs. But I didn't know at the time that it was the Apple store calling me because 26 hours after I wrote to Tim Cook, mm -hmm. The Americana brand, Curtis, the fabulous manager, got in touch with me. Mm -hmm. But I missed him mm -hmm. because we were recording. Mm -hmm. And then I went in there and I started doing all my promoting. And I didn't notice posting. And I didn't notice that I had gotten a call from the Apple store until 9.01. I tried to call. They're closed. Wow. There should now, be like a special alert that says no, yeah, notice important, from... Important, important. So, so I missed him. So I'm, I'm trying to email and tr leaving messages. And I can't find the guy. And the whole next day I'm trying to find <laughs> the guy. And my, my two-week window on returning the 13-inch that I really wasn't happy with, because uh, two inches do make a difference. Okay. Yeah, and I'm not going to say that's what Thank she you. Said. So anyway, so um, I wrote to Tim Cook again, and it was the day before the huge launch of the new Apple products. Are we at Timmy level yet? And, and listen to this. Ten minutes later, I hear from the, from the store. From Timmy? I, I, not from Tim, you guys but are I, close. I, I hear, I, I hear from the, anyway, long story, a little bit shorter. They did really right by me. Wow. And Tim Cook, everybody. Tim Cook. And Tim Cook and, and Curtis at Americana Brand and Ren. Yes. And I now have this Porsche and, um, of, have we of named, Max. have we named your new Mac? I haven't named it yet, but how I'm about, really happy. how about Timmy? Well, um, Tim, I'm not into the 
the diminutive. Well, yeah. diminutive is very. It's yeah, a very intimate, it, but anyway, uh, affectionate it, term. It, 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 what it, what it taught, what the experience taught me is, I, I'm an, I'm an addict in recovery, and I went through my years of being a reactionary asshole, and you know, blaming and uh, being, you know, aggressive and and kind of nasty. And I really try really hard to be respectful of people and to be in grace as much as possible. And when I make a mistake, I try to apologize for it and and behave myself. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that the reason this came to such a, a, a fine and good conclusion was because um, I was really uh, effusive about my genuine love and respect for Apple products, the people that work there. Also, you did what you're good at. You're, you're a great writer, and you, Thank you. you composed a really nice letter that was complimentary, that hit all the right notes. Well, and I tried. It, it, the, the, uh, the result was exactly what your intention was. And so you're, you're good at sort of being in your intention and... Uh, well, uh, that's true what I'm that. Thank you. Yeah. That, that's what I'm working on. That's what I'm learning. And it's all about evolving. And so um, the planets are shifting right now. And so the uh -oh. planets are evolving. And um, our guest tonight is an ever-evolving guy. Who would think that, or I wouldn't think, that a heavy metal hair band rock boy would end up being one of the most spiritual evolved humanist animal activist he's a mentor he's an author he's well rudy sarzo is our guest tonight and rudy um as many of you know out there because he has the most rabid and loving fans of i think anybody we've had on the show i mean that the social media has been blowing up today um they're just wonderful but it's because rudy's wonderful yes um but we know rudy from quiet riot from ozzy osbourne from White Snake, um, from uh, Blue Oyster Cult in more recent years. He is now touring with the Guess Who, which um, for those of you out there in the know, I lost my cherry to American Woman. I'm sorry, too much information? <laughs> Way too much. But so Way I have much. a very fond feeling for the Guess Who. But anyway, I all those metal bands, I, I would not think that somebody coming out of that scene would be as evolved and spiritual and beautiful. Uh, I um, he has so many free computers from Tim Cook. It's crazy. <laughs> Rudy is uh, also being featured. Is featured currently in the the, the film <sighs> Hired Gun, yeah. which I went to the the premiere screening a couple of months ago. That's how I met Rudy because our mutual friend and uh, his co-star in the film, uh, Liberty DeVito, who's an extraordinary drummer who played with Billy Joel for like a million years, um, introduced me to Rudy and I, I like grabbed him at the screening and I, after I heard him, after I saw the movie and I heard what he had to say about his path and how the choices that he made and how his internal beliefs dictated what he did, where what was right was more important for, what was right personally was more important than the money and the fame, and uh, there aren't a lot of people that make that choice, and I really respect it. I really respect him. I liked it. He's got this beautiful, gentle vibe about him. My favorite pictures of him, aside from his incredible hair rock star pictures, are of him with his sweet little puppy dog, um, Willow. He has a baby little puppy named Willow. Really sweet. Um, but he's just a gentle and lovely man, and um, 
I find that very inspiring. I, for those of you who don't know, I was a rock promoter back in the day in the 80s. I was rock girl, but I was East Coast. Rudy was West Coast. But actually today when I posted uh, Rudy's picture and that he was going to be on the show, Bill Moomy contacted me immediately and said, say hi to, Ru- to Rudy. I know him since since he's he was working at what was it called McNaturals and uh, Rudy verified yes that <laughs> that they met in like 1979 and awesome. I guess Rudy was making a little money on the side then before he became very soon after a huge rock star um and so we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about his journey we're going to we're going to find out how he merged that creativity creativity and commerce mm-hmm. how he stayed true to himself and still managed to be a rock star, and still does to this day. And he is just one kick-ass, fine bassist, um, extraordinary bassist. Um, so you don't you don't get to do all that if you don't got the chops. So having the chops, being a great person, I just love it all. So um, stick around. We'll be right back with Rudy Sarso. Jason Stewart here for Zena TV on the show Absolutely Jason Stewart every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Big guests, everyone from the gayest to gay to the straightest to straight. David, uh, oh, what was his name? He's absolutely Jason. He's absolutely gay. He'll absolutely brighten up. Hi, I'm Vicki Abelson. Who the fuck is Vicki Abelson? Hello. <laughs> I wrote a book called Don't Jump. Sex drugs, rock and roll, and my fucking mother. Not my mother, Andy Stone's mother. Andy Stone is my heroine, and she was addicted to everything pretty much except heroin. Oh my God, oh yes! She just totally captures the excitement of of rock stars. And famous athletes and famous comedians, sort of an insider's view from the outside. The warmth and wit of Vicky's writing knocked me out, in in a good way, not not like Cosby. Too soon? Don't jump. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, and my fucking mother. Damn, that was gonna be the name of my book. Vicky wrote a book? Vicki Abelson's long-awaited new book, Don't Jump, is finally here. Don't miss it. Who the fuck is Vicki Abelson? Welcome back to The Road Taken. I'm Vicki Abelson, and with us now is Rudy Sarzo. Yay! Okay, so I was just admonishing Louise. I got in so much trouble just She now. got in trouble because <laughs> in the commercial break, she's asking Rudy where he's from, but we have to it's talk about it. It's a one-word answer. Well, well, we, yeah, it's, it's an important one, though, because stuff's mm. going on in your country of origin. So, Rudy, tell us where you're from. My mom and dad. Yeah. Your mom and dad. 
All it's right. three words. They happen to be in Cuba at the time that. I hope they're not in I Cuba now. No. Okay. We haven't been in Cuba since 1961. Okay. All right. So, do you have family? Of, no. I, by now, everybody has. Everybody's you know, everybody came to Miami, and uh, and uh, I have distant relatives there. You did know. you Did you do early school in Miami? I did early school in Cuba. You did early, yeah, but uh, then like high school and stuff. Where'd you go to? Oh, uh, actually, uh, I left Cuba uh, like I was in fifth grade, sixth grade. And then uh, my mom put me back one year because she figured, you know, since I didn't know the language, I'm still working on it. <laughs> oh, come on. You don't speak Spanish fluently? <laughs> oh, I do. No, you but do. English. I'm talking oh, about English. English. Yeah. Ah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> we, we were in Miami for a couple of years, and then we were relocated to New Jersey, West ah. New York, New Jersey. Okay. How old were you in New Jersey? Oh, I'll tell you exactly. Uh, Thirteen. Okay, so I'm thinking that's when that's when you picked up a bass. I'm, I'm thinking that rock and rolls. Mm, well, yeah, I was inspired because of the Beatles. I I wanted that. I wanted what I saw on the screen. It's like girls are yelling at these guys. <laughs> I want that. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's just you, about you. It's amazing how many rockers were uh, inspired to become rock boys yes. because of the Beatles. All the guys that are from my generation. Yeah. That we'll sit around and we know exactly that day when <laughs> all the planets align. <laughs> And, yeah. Speaking of planets aligning, you're Scorp we're, we're Scorpios. We're Scorp. We're all Scorpios. We're all Scorpios. Oh yeah. God! Well, November 11th. Oh, I'm 18th. October 29th. Oh wow! All right. Oh, awesome. So yeah, and and I just for all you Scorpios out there, Jupiter is about to go into Scorpio for the first time since 2005. We are about to have the most slamming fabulous year we've really? had in a long time. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Okay, buckle up. Okay, so so New Jersey. So <laughs> New Jersey. Were you in New Jersey when the no? You were in Florida still when the Beatles came. No, out. I was in Jersey. No, oh, you were in Jersey. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, by the time I got to Jersey, that's when Kennedy uh, mm. was assassinated, and then uh, it was bleak. Mm -hmm. bleak I mean you know I mean it, I, things happen for a reason but yes you know Kennedy was assassinated and, uh, and um, that was like the worst holiday season I've ever experienced mm -hmm. you know plus plus I'm a refugee so you know it's like a few things going going against us the Cuban know. Missile Crisis was going on then uh, right? that was a little before I, I was in Miami yeah I yeah. was in Miami when that happened I, mm -hmm. I, I arrived in the United States and it's uh, September 1st 1961 okay. right in between we had just had the Bay of Pigs right and we were about to experience the missile crisis uh, after that. Yeah. So by 63, we were in West New York and, you know, the whole thing happened. And, mm -hmm. and I got to tell you, it was bleak. The holidays, you know, uh, we had Thanksgiving, bleak, Christmas, New Year's. And by the time that the Beatles appear on Ed Sullivan, it was kind of like something positive, something, something. That's really, you know, I never drew that connection between... Mm. The Kennedy assassination and the Beatles. I was, very, you know, I was young. Uh, we well, so were you. Yeah. But that's interesting that yeah. they were sort of that ray of sunshine. That, that ray of sunshine yeah. that it was so needed mm -hmm. for, especially for kids, mm -hmm. because you know, kids was like, yeah, you know, I mean, it was uh, scary. I, my, I, I saw adults really suffering right. depression, you know, from that. So, you know? Rudy, where were you when you found out that Kennedy was shot? I was shot? in school. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Did they announce school. it on the? They announced I, it on the. They they sent us home. Mm -hmm. I think they were mostly they wanted our parents to be the ones that would explain to us what happened. Mm. You know, uh, I can't blame it. It's too much of a, a responsibility. You know, 
I mean, nowadays it's different because there's so much social media and right. things Nothing's happening. a secret and, anymore. People yeah. look on Twitter and they get the news in yeah, exactly. two seconds. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so so you you see the Beatles, and mm-hmm. how does that take hold of you? How how did it? Uh, it it changed everything. I remember overnight, you know, w- w- because before that it was like we we you know we comb our hair back, you yeah, know, like this pompadour, <laughs> you know, Bill Cream and all. You know, Were dippity, you an Elvis fan? Dippity do. Uh, yeah, of course, but I was, <laughs> funny enough, I was more Elvis in the movies t- type of fan. Uh-huh. I saw him as a movie star rather than the radio guy, you know, right. all the songs, because one, one of the things that was re- interesting about rock and roll, especially in the 50s, you know, if you look at the history of rock and roll in the United States, the uh, government was really trying to suppress that, mm-hmm. you know, keep it yes, from, from becoming what, what it did, you know. And, and you had Chuck Berry, he mm-hmm. was arrested. Right. You know, uh, Little Richard became a minister. Mm-hmm. And Jerry Lee Lewis had, was having the problems, you know. Because he, he was married, having a lot of problems. Married, married his cousin, you yes. know. So <laughs> radio started to play, you know, like Pat Boone, Frankie Avalon, The mm-hmm. Platters, and things like that. So when I arrived in the United States, it was kind of like very, very, you know. Clean. Clean, clean, mm-hmm. very clean. You know, we have beach, beach party bingo, whatever, right. blanket bingo. And it was kind of like, and then Elvis wasn't really make, making that many records. He was more of a movie star. Right. You know, and uh, so when the Beatles came in, it was like, oh, a rock band. Because before that, before that, you just had like singers, you know. Right. Now you got a band. It's like a team. It's like a <laughs> bunch of, I, yeah, I can join in. <laughs> you know, it's like a bunch of guys together. <laughs> Who you was know? your favorite? Did you have a favorite Beatle? Paul. I was going to say you had yeah, to be Paul because you played the bass. Yeah. Was the bass? The f- did you play that before guitar? Did you always play the bass? No, I played guitar. Uh huh. And 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 somebody uh, decided for me that I was going to play bass. Who? Uh, well, when I moved from New Jersey back down to Miami because my parents couldn't stand the uh, the weather in New mm. Jersey, it was too brutal. You know, coming from the Caribbean to right. Snowstorms, you right? Know, it was, they couldn't take it any longer, so we drove our Corvair nice. from West New York all the way down to Miami. And uh, um, that week, I uh, I went over, and each block had a band, you know. So you were you were living in this block. Well, this is the band that you, <laughs> that you were in, you know. So I went over to meet with the guys and say, "Hey, I'm new. I'm new from Jersey, and blah blah blah," and I. I play guitar, and they go, no, we got too many guitar players. If you want to join the band, you got to play bass. <laughs> More people have that in their story for why they chose their final instrument. Because everybody started out on guitar, right? Yeah, everybody starts exactly. Out, yeah. With the bass. Yeah, yeah. Know, what's up I with had that? a Rickenbacker. I had a beautiful oh, Rickenbacker really? bass. Oh, yeah, I played for shit, but boy, I love that bass. Oh, that's a beautiful instrument. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, and Paul, because Paul played a Rickenbacker, right? Cause that's uh, at one that, point he did, yeah. yes. yeah. But he was better, still... Best known for the Beatle, the, the Hofner Beatle, yeah, bass, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, the violin-shaped one, you know. So yeah, basically, I I, re- I recall vividly going uh, in West New York. I was still living in West New York and going walking by a music store with a buddy of mine and looking at a bass and going, "What's the deal with that? <laughs> you can't play chords, <laughs> you know. It's, it's it's the bass, you know. Who's gonna spend money on that? It's got four strings. Might uh. as well buy a guitar. It's got six strings." <laughs> And if you want to play bass, just take the two strings off, <laughs> which I so did. did. I did that for the longest time. Did you really? Oh, wow. Yeah, so, I, so did, wait, did you did you take lessons or did you teach oh. yourself? No. 
it took me two years to find somebody who was kind enough to show me how to tune wow my 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 instrument yeah you know by doing harmonics you know Mm -hmm. And which we did up until the time that uh, tuners were available. Back in in club days, what we used to do was like yell across the stage, "Give me an A!" <laughs> it would be if you didn't have a keyboard, because if you had a keyboard, it would be a, you know the Hammond organ, yeah. you know, and you yeah. tune to that. Otherwise, it's like random. You know, we're tuned to whatever. We're close to something, right? As long and as you're tuned to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're tuned to each other, but not necessarily in concert pitch. You know? Yeah, so, and that and that's how we did it. Wow. Nowadays, so we have these little things that we, you know, yeah. I, I have oh, a yeah. little clip-on tuner and... Well, you're a rock star. You also have guys who do that shit. You have, you have I, your tech that does that stuff for you, right? You know, we do, but I... I, they're busy doing all this stuff. You know, it's kind of like when you go on stage, it's kind of like jumping off s- skydiving. Yeah. You want to pack your own parachute. Yes. I so get yes. that. You know, I so, so get that. I believe as least possible things to yes mm-hmm. to other people. I Yes. I to- and I'm also Alanonic, so I, I try to control everything. It's a Scorpio. It, Scorpio yeah, thing, too. Scorpio thing. So, yeah. all right. So, yeah. so how did... How did you go from being the kid who was taking two strings off the guitar to becoming, I mean, you had to work really hard to become the bassist that you became, have become. Yeah. So, so what was that like for you? By did you, did you, not by accident. So did you <laughs> practice all day, every day? What, what, what was your, what was your discipline? Uh, well, our practice was basically transcribing, which meant transcribing is a fancy word for like, listen to the record and play what's on the record. Mm-hmm. You know, that's basically, that's, that's how you learn how to do that. Do by you read ear. music? Huh? Do you read music? I did back then. Mm-hmm. I, I went to school and I studied, but what was happening is I was already playing professionally in clubs. My my, my first gig was at, at the uh, North Miami uh, the Tomboy Club, Topless Tomboy Club. Nice. Yeah, nice, very nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice Catholic boy and the uh, Topless uh, Tomboy <laughs> Club. Your parents yeah. must have been so proud. <laughs> it was a gig. It was a gig. Was did a did gig. they respect it that it was a gig? It was a gig, yeah, yeah. because I, I was finally able to, you know, bring in money and help mm-hmm. help with the mortgage mm-hmm. and buy, bought me a car and nice. stuff like that, yeah. So how, yeah. Did, how did you transition from playing a topless club to... A topless club, yeah. What happened is, you know, it's kind of like... I, I went to college because I wanted to be in, in, the, in the motion picture industry, but... Ah. What did you want to do? I love movies. Okay. I wanted to direct, you know. Ah. And living in Miami at the time, the only, in the early 70s, late 60s, industry, motion picture industry was Ivan Tours. Remember Ivan Tours? Yeah. Flipper. Flipper, mm-hmm. Flipper, yeah. and General mm-hmm. yeah. Band and... I was obsessed with Flipper. Flipper, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Ivan Tours, you know. And he had a studio. He had a studio in North Miami. It might still mm-hmm. be there, which it had a huge water tank where most of the underwater footage for Thunderbolt was shot there, right? Wow. So I went to intern and it was like, uh, okay, yeah, you can start by scrubbing the water tank, which meant I had to be in a scuba suit. Cool. And I didn't know how to swim. Oh. You know. That's a hitch. Yeah, it's a hitch. You're from Cuba and you don't know how to swim. No, I didn't. I flew here. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. You weren't in a boat. Uh, Okay. Well, because some people did, right? I heard the stories, you know, like people like got on these little boats, you know. uh, Well, we left before it got that desperate. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, so there was no real, oh, and porn. 
Flipper and porn. Okay. Flipper and porn. Yeah. You were, you were, wait, what? (laughs) No, no. The industry. The the Miami, Southern Florida Mm. uh, motion picture industry was Mm -hmm. either nature, like uh, there was another show called The Everglades. Okay. Ivan Tours, all all those productions, very Uh nature driven and porn. Porn. You know. Okay. And it was like, yeah. Okay. But there were tons of clubs. Uh huh. And I could like make a living. And I really enjoyed well, playing. Okay. So, what kind of music were you playing when you were playing in those clubs oh, back then? Uh, dance, R&B, funk, and rock and roll. Both. You can mix it. It was basically top 40. Okay. Anything from You're Having My Baby <laughs> to A Boy Named Sue. <laughs> yeah. And everything in between that. So, so you weren't you weren't like a hair guy back in those days. Well, we had hair. You did, but you yeah, but you had like you everybody had hair. But you didn't have the hair. No, no, we never because we, we had Rudy the had the hair, well, and it was even blonde at one yeah. White Snake well, days, right? That happened later. On. Yeah, because you know um, what happens is it's like somebody pushes the bar, then you push it. Then you push it, and then it becomes a competition because mm. you know you had to stand out. I, I saw you in the kiss makeup too, in some well, picture that, for some. Well, that 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 was more recent, but that was specifically for Japan. Okay. The Japanese <laughs> band uh, called Any Metal USA, which we are actually are a Japanese band. Oh wow! Which is very different playing in Japan when you are a, uh, a uh, let's say an American band or an, or an English European band, yeah, English band, because you go there and you play the uh, the venues, mm-hmm. and you leave. Which yeah. is how I did it with Ozzy and Quiet Riot and White Snake and, and Dio. Yeah. In this band, Anime Metal USA, we're a uh, we perform anime theme songs, speed metal versions. Wow. So we're we're like superheroes. Oh. No wow. wonder why you yeah. do the Comic Con thing and all of that. Well, I do it because of other reasons, oh. but it, but it is connected. Yeah. 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 So when we go there and we speed. perform, we yeah. actually. We actually do all of the local television, like Tokyo, like morning shows, uh-huh. afternoon shows, evening shows, you uh-huh. know. And there's a lot of Japanese going on, and, and oh, a lot of this, and a lot, and a lot of nodding, like you know what's going on. I love it. Okay, so we're gonna go to a quick commercial. When we come back, we're gonna find out how Rudy segued from from the porn and 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 R and B to becoming a heavy metal rock star. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back. Jason Stewart here for Zena TV on the show Absolutely Jason Stewart every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Big guests, everyone from the gayest to gay to the straightest to straight. David, uh, oh, what was his name? He's absolutely Jason. He's absolutely gay. He'll absolutely brighten up. Hi, I'm Vicki Abelson. Who the fuck is Vicki Abelson? Hello. <laughs> I wrote a book called Don't Jump. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, and my fucking mother. Not my mother, Andy Stone's mother. Andy Stone is my heroine, and she was addicted to everything pretty much except heroin. Oh my God, oh yes. She just totally captures the excitement of, of rock stars. And famous athletes and famous comedians. Sort of an insider's view from the outside. The warmth and wit of Vicky's writing knocked me out. In, in a good way, not, not like Cosby. Too soon? Don't jump. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, and my fucking mother. Damn, that was going to be the name of my book. Vicky wrote a book? Vicki Abelson's long-awaited new book, Don't Jump, is finally here. 
don't miss it. Who the fuck is Vicky Abelson? So in the break, we were talking to Rudy about uh, the Guess Who because uh, Louise was fangirling, oh. as am I. And I don't know if you yeah. heard, but, you know, that was my cherry-breaking song, American Woman, back a long, t- a long time ago. I was too young to be doing that. Okay, so, so Rudy, what I don't well. know about you is back in those days when the rest of us were all doing drugs and being crazy, is that part of your story? You know, this, you know it's in the 80s, and but I really can't. I, I, I was around in the 70s. Right. And in the 70s, since I was still struggling to get into the scene, I didn't find the, uh, the peer pressure. Okay. Peer pressure of, uh, of, of uh, partaking. When you, were, when you were a kid and you saw the Beatles, did you, when did you make the decision, this is what I want to do with my life? I'm g- this is it. This is what yeah. I want to do. When did that decision happen that you yeah. knew that's what you were going to do? Yeah. Well, it wasn't as much as what I was going to do, but it just <clears throat> realizing it became a fact to me that the, the bass was never going to let, let me down. <laughs> I, I had a girlfriend that I, I was engaged to be married right out of high school, and it turned out to be a very crazy experience. And for about a year and a half, I left the bass in the corner of my, my bedroom. And after we we broke up, mm-hmm. bass was still there, Aww. waiting for me. And I, I said, you know, I made that decision. I said, I will never leave my bass because it's too stupid me all the time. So to become the bassist that you are, what, what did that take well, for the you? The bassist that I am, I, I'm, I'm completely a work in progress. Which is fantastic, uh, which is why you still day, continue every to grow. single day, I, you know, and I hit the walls and... And what how much how much time do you put into your your craft? I, if I'm not doing certain things, I'll, I'll have a bass in my hand. As a matter of fact, right before I came here, I was I was recording, and before I was recording, I was going through my morning. In the mornings, mm-hmm. I, I like to go to YouTube and the certain websites that I like to visit and get some musical knowledge, or or okay. or sometimes I will go over something and and I will not completely understand it or know how to apply it to my mm-hmm. everyday playing. And then I, I revisit it later, and I go, oh, everything is clear because I was able to, to bridge this information with this information. And now there's, there's this link. You know what I mean? I can actually apply it now. I love that you're still a student because I, I think we have to be a student oh all of God. our lives it's, or it's, it's time it's, to die, right? It's, it's a it's l- lifelong journey. Absolutely. Okay, so how, how, how did you segue from the 
topless R&B playing Rudy to the heavy metal hair band. Well, Rudy. the uh, the topless thing ended. Yeah. We went on to better better clubs, better mm-hmm. situation. You know that that was a, it, we were basically a garage band, and and our guitar player's dad came with a uh, with a newspaper and says, "Hey, there's a, there's a club looking for for a band. You guys should check it out, so you can get out of <laughs> the garage." Well, I love that <laughs> because I can't I can't sleep while you guys are playing. <laughs> so he just he just wanted us out of the house. You were right? literally a garage band. That's right. Yeah, yeah he wanted us out of the house. <laughs> His house, mm-hmm. and so we got this gig, and it was like now we are a bar band or a club band. We're right. professional. We're actually be- because prior to that we were just basically a teen band, right? You know, playing little dances here and there. Mm-hmm. What know? was the name of that band? It was the uh, Sylvester. All right, Sylvester, all right. Yeah. Come on, I'm trying to get you into arenas. Come on, H- okay, how did well, you get? Well, what happened? Uh, well, then the evolution, you know, and actually I left Florida because mm-hmm. of disco. I wanted to be a recording artist, mm-hmm. and a lot of the musicians I was playing with, disco got so big, mm-hmm. and there was some. They were making so. We were making so much money, mm-hmm. a lot of money. But I wasn't. It wasn't about the money. As I wanted to be a recording artist, right. I wanted to be in a band. I don't uh-huh. want. I don't want to be playing. Even though I enjoy disco, I just didn't want to be a, a bar band. Guy. Right. And as a matter of fact, uh, w- when I came to LA, one of the things that I that I really that I was really surprised and pleasantly surprised was there was really no bar band scene. You had to go to Orange County for that. Really? Yeah. Well, but I mean, there was like the Whiskey and the Roxy and all. That's not a bar band. That's that's the next level. They were original music bands. Right, right. Showcase, showcase clubs. Mm -hmm. So when I started playing at the Starwood with, uh, with, uh, with Choir Riot's, you know, the, the Randy Rhodes version of the band in the 70s, you know, we would cover a few songs here and there, uh-huh. but it was expected that we were going to be playing original material. Every band that played at the Starwood was basically an original. Okay, so how did you guys connect to begin with, you and Randy? How did, how did that Ooh, relationship happen? That's a great question. Uh, I had come to L.A. just to kind of do like a reconnaissance, and I went to the Starwood, and I saw Quiet Riot, and I was really impressed because they perform like they had their sights on being an arena band mm-hmm. everything about it they had like some you know humble production mm-hmm. but still you you can see what the vision was and i was very impressed about and that. and was that something that you had fantasized about prior to that on your own i mean was that something you dreamt of N- not not necessarily mm-hmm. I, it's just that i saw this band and i thought wow i you know People like need they need to be acknowledged. Mm-hmm. So I went up to Kevin, who I, I just I I had never met him before, and I mm-hmm. said, "Hey, listen, you know, you guys, what what you're doing is the right thing. You're going the right direction. I get it. And you guys, sooner or later, you're gonna get there, you know. And then uh, and then I left L.A., went back to I was living in Paramus, New Jersey, with my brother. Oi. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, but, you know, there was a, a big lounge scene. Yes. Know, a lot of Howard uh-huh. Johnsons and because <laughs> I, I, ne- I needed to, to get some money mm-hmm. to go back to L.A. to, again, you know, my money had run out, you know. And uh, so I could, I, I could make a living playing, which is good because I could get my chops up, you know. And uh, that's when I, as soon as I uh, went back to L.A., I got a day job at a place called McNaturals. Which is where Bill Moomy met that's you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, he had a band at the time called uh, 
the Igloos. Yeah, the Igloos. He has yeah. a new uh, CD coming out actually yeah. with John Cal yeah. with John Cowsill yeah. and Vicky Peterson. Vicky Peterson. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. We stay in touch uh, through Excellent. social media. Yeah, and um, so that's when I started working at Mac Naturals in the daytime, and then at night I would be working with uh, you know playing with with Quiet Riot. Okay, so how long did it take until you guys broke through? Um, no, we didn't break through. Yeah, because at that time, you could see the writing on the wall. You know, Van Halen was the last metal band uh, in the 70s from mm -hmm. L.A. to get signed. Okay. Then after that, the focus uh, became bands like uh, <coughs> The Knack and Devo and New Wave, right. Motels, you know, punk, New Wave, and stuff like that. I mean, no clash. No clash. Yeah, but we're talking about you know, kind of like bands that I saw in L.A. You right. know, that, that were getting signed, and uh, it basically they that you know, record companies told us mm -hmm. that we were dinosaurs and our oh. music was never going to come back, and 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 so on. So, Randy gets the opportunity to uh, to play with Ozzy, goes to England to work with Ozzy, and I. I, I, I kept going. I mean, I even tried to play in a new wave or, you know, be suit of new wave. But, you know, you can't fake it. You, you know, it's uh, I did cut my hair <laughs> shorter. You know, actually yeah. I stood in the mirror and I had really long. I just went. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you just have to do it, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a career decision, you know. But uh, we put a band together and, eh, you know, it, again, you know, people will listen to it and say, sound, you guys sound like hard rock guys trying to be a, a, a new wave band. Yeah. Right? So then I started to, I joined a band called Angel. I, Angel. I remember Angel. Yeah, yeah. yeah Angel. And uh, I was in Angel when I actually got the phone call for, uh, from, uh, from Sharon to, uh, to, to audition for Ozzy because Randy had been recommended me. And, you know, and, and, and at first I turned it down because... Angel, again, going back to the bat band thing, mm -hmm. I wanted to be in a group. I really didn't want to, you know, be a... A, a hired know, gun. A hired gun, mm -hmm. you know. But I was sleeping on the floor. I was starving, you know, I was a starving ah. musician, you know. So... So wait a minute. You turned down Ozzy and all of that money and glamour and everything but, because you wanted to be well, an angel, because you wanted the band thing, and you were willing to sleep on the floor. I was willing to sleep on the floor, which I was... But then it was not. It was not a very wise decision. It was something like you shoot from the hip. You get a phone call, and and it was like, "Hey, you want to audition?" Oh no, thanks. I'm already in the band. Okay, bye. And then you go, "Oh my God, what did I do?" <laughs> you know, I just here I am doing this, and I'm sleeping on the floor. We don't have a record deal yet, you know, because they had just been dropped by Casablanca. But yeah. I think I think that's part of the story that we're going to get to in in the next segment about how your decision making is not uh, centered around commercial decisions mm. but that you're you're mm. you look within which i really respect mm. a lot so stick around and we'll find out how rudy finally did get to ozzy and then how he got back out and back to quiet riot so stick around we'll be right back <laughs> Jason Stewart here for Zinna TV on the show Absolutely Jason Stewart every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Big guests, everyone from the gayest to gay to the straightest to straight. David, uh, oh, what was his name? He's absolutely Jason. He's absolutely gay. He'll absolutely brighten up. Hi, I'm Vicki Abelson. Who the fuck is Vicki Abelson? Hello. Ha! <laughs> 
wrote a book called Don't Jump, Sex, Drugs, Rock and Roll, and My F***ing Mother. Not my mother, Andy Stone's mother. Andy Stone is my heroine, and she was addicted to everything pretty much except heroin. Oh my God, oh yes! She just totally captures the excitement of, of rock stars. And famous athletes and famous comedians, sort of an insider's view from the outside. The warmth and wit of Vicky's writing knocked me out. In, in a good way, not, not like Cosby. Too soon? Don't jump. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, and my fucking mother. Damn, that was going to be the name of my book. Vicky wrote a book? Vicki Abelson's long-awaited new book, Don't Jump, is finally here. Don't miss it. Who the fuck is Vicki Abelson? And we're back with Rudy Sarzo, and somehow we are going to jam into nine minutes your entire career <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and words of wisdom. So, okay, so Rudy, yeah. tell us, how did, so how did you make the decision okay. to go to Ozzy? Well, I got the, uh, the call the following day, you know, from Ozzy himself saying, hey. So after you said no, Ozzy himself called you. Yeah, he called me the I next day. But it. the next day I was ready not, not, <laughs> not, not to say no. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but basically, you know, if you're going to put that in a nutshell, what was going on is they, uh, Ozzy had about 10 days to go on a major headlining tour. Mm -hmm. They needed well, some. Wait, give us a year. Give us a. 81, okay. around April. Mm -hmm. I got all the details in my book, okay. Off the Rails. And uh, say the name of your book again. Off the Rails. Off yeah. the Rails, and I'm going to put the, the link yeah. on all, everything. Yeah, but I mean, if you want details of all that, it's all in there. Okay, So, cool. uh, so. They needed somebody who they could trust, somebody who had a, a major trust factor. And they're in Los Angeles, and Ozzy and Sharon, they don't know anybody. So Randy kept saying, Rudy's the guy. I already work with him in Quiet Riot. He doesn't drink. You know, he's not a drinker. He's not, he's right. not an alcoholic. Right. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't do drugs. You know, he's going to you know, he's gonna learn all the songs. He's going to give it everything he's got. He's the guy. Right. Right. So it was that trust. Right. And the fact that they trusted Randy by now. Randy had been with them for you know almost a couple a uh, year and a half. Let's okay. Say. Uh -huh. So it was Randy's trust that it was based on that he trusted me to come in into the gig and not be a detriment to the tour. Which That's how I got the gig. And that changed your life. That changed my life. I mean, there were a hundred bass players that would have played those songs. And you were no longer but, sleeping on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> but the fact was. I was the guy that Randy knew and that Randy trusted. Right. And if anybody out there that is trying to get into the music industry, because I get questions all the time. How, oh, yes. Tell us. Please how tell can us I break? This. Build your trust factor. 
if people don't know you, they're not going to give you the gig. You know, my trust factor, my list of people that I trust keeps getting smaller. But right, <laughs> but but time. that's but Rudy, isn't it's that also this big. isn't that also based on your not only your ability and your chop, also your sense of responsibility. Oh, absolutely. Right? And, but but you have to work at it. You have to let people know that you are responsible. And it only takes one bad decision mm-hmm. to destroy a whole career. Absolutely. You know, that mm-hmm. trust of mm-hmm. the career, mm-hmm. you know. So once you make a commitment to a gig, no matter what call you get. For example, I was touring with Inve Malmsteen in mm-hmm. 2004. And it was a six-week tour. I'm in the middle of the tour. I get a phone call from Wendy Dio. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dio, so mm-hmm. Ronnie James Dio's new manager. He says, hey, you know, Ronnie wants you to come in the studio and work on this record. And I said, I would love to, but I'm in the middle of a tour. If you guys still want me after I'm done with the tour, I would love to join the band. So that's how I joined Dio. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't about to walk away from, from you know, from tour because I got a phone call, you know. Because you get something to, better, which and there are plenty of people that do that, and I think there are career. Okay, so how did you make the decision? Because there was a spiritual element, I believe, as I recall your story. How did? Why did you leave Ozzy? Well, did I leave Ozzy because after Randy passed away, I had just lost all the joy that I had in making music. For those of out there who don't know how Randy passed away, tragic. Pla- uh, yeah, all the details are in the book. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, again, I needed the joy. I have left big bands at the top. I left Ozzy because I lost the joy. I left Quiet Riot in 1984 after we had, a, you know, the number one record with Mental Health and then a, a successful, you know, follow-up with Condition Critical and all that. Because what, what was that? What, why did you it, lose it was the joy a, there? A, a internal conflict. Mm-hmm. You know, people, sometimes when certain things get too big too quickly, you know, things... You know, it was the 80s. Mm-hmm. Things that happened back then that might not necessarily happen today because of different social circumstances, mm-hmm. you know. But that's the way it was then. So how did you refine your joy? How do I refine my joy? I mean, you just you just you start all over again. I and mean, what, what does that mean for you? With, when I left Ozzy, mm-hmm. my joy, I found my joy of playing... Actually, I found it before I left the band because hey, here I am. I'm leaving one of the biggest bands in the world. Absolutely. Ozzy, with people that I really love and care about, people mm-hmm. that I'm grateful to for the rest of my life. But I saw myself. We, we, we did a video uh, of a show called uh, Speak of the Devil. And I saw the edits, me performing on stage, and I become a robot. Mm. I, was, I wasn't looking at the band. I wasn't looking at the audience. I was just trying to survive the show. And I said, I said, this is not the reason why I started playing music. You know? oh, around the time that I, I that that I watched that, I got a call from Kevin Dubrow saying, "Hey, listen, we're going to we're working on a record, and we want you to come in and record a song called uh, Bird, which I already used to play with Kevin and mm-hmm. his band, Join Ozzy, that he was, you know." And mm-hmm. I said, "Sure, let me go in the studio and I record it with you guys." And being in the studio with Frankie and Kevin and, and, and Carlos, you know, it brought back the joy mm-hmm. of playing music again because mm-hmm. I was it was it was a fresh. You know, I went in there as to do it to do one song as a session and wound up playing on basically half the record because a lot of the songs that wound up on that record were songs that I was already playing with Kevin 
in the band Dubrow or have played with, with Choir Ride with Randy, songs like Sleek Black Cadillac. But when you left Ozzy, you did so... Uh, oh, God. Okay, so we are, like, wrapping up. So when, yeah. you, d- when you left Ozzy, you yeah. did so uh, without the knowledge that you were going to ever get no, there no, again, no. Choir right? Ride, nobody wanted to manage the band. Uh, it, it was... It, it, I mean, we could get nothing. It was basically, I'm, I'm out of Ozzy, playing with these guys, and I'm, again, I'm having fun on stage playing. That's all I had. Okay, so that's, that's what we want to tell everybody out yeah. there. We, we have just a minute or two left to, to say. Yeah. what if you, You're a mentor to people. If you were to give advice yeah. to, to anybody looking to do anything yeah. in art, what would it be? Yeah, uh, find the joy in Whatever you do in life, but let's say in my case, it's music. Find, play with people that you love to play with, play music that you love to play with. It's like life, you know, be married, have a family that, that you love to wake up. How long have morning. you been married? 30, 33 years. I mean, that says yeah. it all right. That says it all right there. 33 and, years, yeah. And Rudy, for those of you who don't know, animal activist, um, and, and you do some CG, you do... I used to. I okay. got Lasix, and it's all about music now. Okay, so it's all about music again. Yeah. But I'm going to put up some links so you can learn more about Rudy because there's so much more I want to know. I've got to read the book, so I'm going to get that book tonight. But I want to thank you. Put some Kindle and... Uh, there you yeah. go. And uh, Tell us the name again. Off the Rails. Off the Rails yeah. by Rudy Sarzo. Uh, check it out. Thank you so much for being here, My Rudy. Pleasure, Vicky. Thank um, you so much. I, uh, you're very inspiring, and, and you have a lovely way about you and um it like there's just a very calming lovely thing about you so thank you so much for yeah. being our guest and I, you know it's all to me it's all about taking care of each other that's what we're here for yes. i just love yeah. that, that's, I love all that too. Is, you know. that's all there is it's <laughs> taking care of each other it's not that difficult <laughs> love is all there is so um we'll see you next week um for another throw taken